ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, Greg Dutcher. Greg, say hello. Hello. And Steve Hartland's joining us again today. Steve, say hi to everyone. Howdy. So nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, Initially, we were going to try to do this podcast with Jeff Krotz, who's our Alaskan um, pastor. Um, he had to cancel on us, so um, we were immediately actually thought of you, Steve, um, in coming out and doing this. So we really appreciate you uh, being here with us. We always love uh, your insights and uh, you being in here. So I know what that really means. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't get the guy we wanted, so well, let's get Heartland. Steve, I, w- I want you to know, after we call the other nine guys, <laughs> dude, you, uh, were, you were the first one. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Once we got through this, I'd say maybe third one after the nine. But no, hey, this is a great chance, uh, Steve, since Jeff Kratz is a pastor in Alaska. Yeah. We were going to ask him because he's in touch, I think, a little bit with this vibe out there. You know, there's strong impulses in Alaska among certain political types and independent types that they would secede from the union. You hear Uh sometimes this Alaska as a separate nation. Texas as well. Texas as well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that we could, uh, I was going to needle them about that, but this is a great chance to to just slam Alaska (laughs) (laughs) because... Yeah, that's what that's what happens, Jeff, when you bail out. That's on a right. <laughs> so feel better, by the way. So good. Um, yeah. So today we're actually going to be talking about um, political conservatism in America, and one of the reasons why we're doing that we just celebrated the fourth. Um, we actually wanted to do this last week, but with the Supreme Court decision with um, legalizing gay marriage in the United States, we wanted to take some time and address that. So we pushed this one off. Um, and, and one of the things that has, um, done this, this is almost a, um, hot topic issue for me personally. Um, and I've been, you know, I was very conservative at one point, um, almost so that it intermingled with my faith. Um, there was no separation here of my faith and conservatism. Greg, I think you said you would be the same oh, way. Sure. Yep. Um, Steve, your background a little bit with that? Not my background so no. much. No. So, uh. Those two have always been rather separate from yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this will be good then, um, having that unique perspective on not having transitioned through that or, or anything like that. Um, but for me, I know one of the things that really started to challenge this was when I was in uh, school teaching, I had a coworker of mine who just kind of threw it out there, um, challenging some of my notions about um, politics and history and what we perceive as our godly nation. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said was, you know, as a Christian, I really can't picture Christ being in school pledging to the flag. Mm, wow. Um, and, and, wow. but we're, we're going to get to that one specifically. Um, but one of the other things that, that really brought this up lately was, um, for anyone who's, who's ever been to Mission Barbecue, mm-hmm. yeah. great, great food, yeah. great food. And at lunchtime, um, it all stops. Lunch, that's yeah. right. At oh, lunchtime, yeah. it all stops and everybody stands and, um, uh, sings the national anthem. And, uh, I had a coworker of mine who was in there. And he said he saw a guy on his cell phone, and he he was irate because the guy um, did not put his cell phone down. Uh-huh. He stood up, but he continued to talk on his cell phone, and he was irate because for that minute and whatever, oh, that guy just couldn't, you know, he has no respect. He's a communist, you know. He could have just put it down and finished the conversation and been done and over with. And I just started thinking, first of all, who cares? I mean, if if you're this really staunch patriot yeah. and you're doing this, what do you care what this other guy's doing? Second of all, you have no idea what this guy's doing. Right. 
you have no idea what this phone call is that he's got going on. Um, and, and it just really started getting me thinking about this scene. Now, this this one gentleman that I'm talking about in particular, I, I don't know if he's a Christian. I don't think he is. But I hear this a lot from Christians as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just want to throw that out to you guys. We're going to start with that question. If Jesus was here in the United States and we're, you know, whether it's the National Day of Prayer where typically you're saying the pledge or whether, you know, it's in a church at a Boy Scout event and you're saying the pledge. Do you guys think Christ would be comfortable in that service saying the pledge and having no issue with it? Uh, uh, Bro, I think Steve Hartland would love (laughs) to answer that question. I really would, except there's someone I want to talk about first. Yeah, I want to go back to Mission Barbecue. Yeah, go ahead. I'm surprised now. I really do have... A pretty neat little separation between my nation and my allegiance to it, which is mm-hmm. very strong, uh-huh. and uh, the kingdom of God, and of course my allegiance to it, which is absolutely strong. Sure, um, but I'd be bothered when you told that story mm-hmm. about the guy on his phone at Mission Barbecue mm-hmm. while they're doing the uh, national anthem. I would, I'd be bugged. Yeah, I'd be giving that guy eyes like, dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah, this is, can't you take one moment, put your phone down? Really, I would be. So yeah. now I'm wondering, that didn't bother you. Why is that bothering me? Probably something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> Fully willing to yeah. admit that. <laughs> I mean, I'd be so bothered by that. I'd be tempted to like accost the guy. Mm-hmm. I really would. Wow. Over there and grab him to say something. Would, wow. you, would that bother you? Uh, how's this for a nice, safe answer? I'm. I see both sides. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, to me, probably the best solution is, you know, he's on a call, say it's a business-related call, yeah. that he's just, you know, it's it's urgent. Uh, maybe the best way is him to step outside. Yeah. Hey, can you hold on? Say, uh, can you take a moment? Yeah, yeah. Or, come yeah. Right, back. Uh, right, right. Or, or come back. Not out of a sense that it's a test or not of his patriotism to me. I, I think I would feel the same way if I'm uh, across the border and I'm in uh, – Montreal, and, and they had the equivalent of yeah. Canadian Mission Barbecue, mm-hmm. and old Canada started playing. Um, I don't feel any urge to pledge my allegiance to Canada, but I would probably say, hey, I'll call you back. Yeah, I'll show respect for that moment, right, what they're right. doing, what it yeah. means to them. Yeah. Almost more as a social courtesy than anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think you had mentioned, when you mentioned this to me offline, Nathan, we thought, what if the dude is... Uh, is a Mexican or a Canadian, mm-hmm. and you know, then the question uh, becomes more. Huh. Uh, I think respect for the place you're in. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so I, I think that's how I would probably take it. Yeah. I, not as much as a man, you know, because your dude, the guy's a communist. Oh yeah, you know, and you're assuming a lot about the guy. Right. I mean, if he's not a citizen, you can't really make any judgment about his right. allegiance based yeah. on Mission Barbecue playing the song. It's the same thing. Suppose you're at Orioles Park, and yeah. they're doing the national anthem. Yeah. What do you do? You stay seated and talk on your cell phone. Right, right. Just don't well, do that. I would say I was there this year when we played the Blue Jays, and they play uh, both anth- uh, both anthems usually mm-hmm. uh, out of out of respect for the other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you'll have O Canada, and then um, uh, obviously the Star Spangled Banner. And I think, yeah, you know, my thought is I'll stand for. Actually, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this because I like the tune of O Canada. <laughs> I hope this doesn't take away my American. I like the tune. <laughs> Better than the national anthem, personally. Um, I don't know. I just think it sounds nice. Uh, all I know is "O Canada." Right. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, but I would say, well, I We're stand. Have you singing a bunch yeah. of times today. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some singing before the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, as a social courtesy, I think you stand. If I was in, if I was in South Korea, yeah, and they play their anthem, I, I would respect their thing. Yeah, I would kind of hey, you know, they're doing yeah. their 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 thing and i would uh, honor that 
So that would be my angle on it, the Mission Barbecue guy. Part well, of it, though. When you were at Mission Barbecue, you know what their ethos well, is, right? No I mean, doubt. This is like Americana going yep, on. Yeah, you walk so in and you, you see it. fit in with that thing. Plastered yeah. there across everything. Plus, most of those dudes are hauling guns, you know. So. Right, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, man, yeah. if this were in Texas, uh, oh, yeah. I would stand <laughs> no matter what they were saying. Uh, 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 yeah, good, good, good question, Nathan. I, I'll, I will tackle some of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, Jesus question. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's always hard. I mean, the safe answer is you can ultimately say, "Well, I don't know," because right. it's all theoretical. But I know what you're getting at. <sighs> I'm guessing we're going to come up with the same answer and the same rationale. What's a scary? Interesting, dude. See. Interesting. Let's see. I would say um, if Jesus had been born an mm-hmm. American citizen, which of course he was not. Uh, I don't think they had a an Israeli national anthem at at in his day, right? Uh, but I think if he were born, say post seventeen seventy six America, I could picture him standing for the pledge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of caveats around that. I don't think he would have said no. I pledge allegiance only to God. I think it's a, it's a question of. Um, uh, subordinate pledges. Mm-hmm. In other words, if my employer asked me to sign a contract, and in that contract it says I'm going to show up to work X amount of hours, I'm going to be here, I'm going to turn in my reports on on these days, etc. I know it's a little different because it's contractual mm-hmm. and there's uh, a compensatory thing going on, but I am pledging uh, a certain uh, loyalty, for lack of a better word, to that boss, to that employer. People often leave a company, they sign what is it, a a uh, Mm non-compete, you know, sort of hush-hush, you're not to share anything that went on. And, you know, we're asked to make vows and pledges all the time. The question is, what is our ultimate loyalty? And I think uh, if the Pledge of Allegiance said, I pledge allegiance to my country above all things, Hmm. no, I don't think Jesus would have said it. But I think in the context, I could see him doing that as just a, again, I, I almost view it as a don't make the government a big thing. Mm-hmm. So it like paying taxes. Uh, yeah, I'll pay my taxes. Um, if I have to pledge allegiance to something, I will. Now in the book of revelation, it seems to have become, had reached a point this, wow, you, I could really geek out here. <laughs> Whether revelation was written in, in the nineties, which seems to be conventional wisdom. Some make an argument that it was written before 70 AD, you, you, you get into some, some pretty deep weeds there. Uh, but most say that it was the Emperor Domitian who was uh, asking for, uh, you know, virtual worship-like mm-hmm. pledging to his authority, mm-hmm. his divine status. Christians would not bow the knee, nor should they, because they pledge ultimate allegiance to Jesus. That's a different matter. The Pledge of Allegiance, I don't see as contradicting my ultimate pledge to Christ. So I'm... I'm comfortable doing it. I could picture Jesus doing it. Is that similar to what you would say, Steve? Yeah, we're definitely in the same ballpark. Yeah. Um, my mind went to a couple of passages when you uh, when you brought up that question. Mm-hmm. And one is simply where Paul tells us to render unto Caesar what, what's due to Caesar. Mm-hmm. Or, or, mm-hmm. Or, or, sorry, Paul tells us to honor the king. Jesus told us to render unto Caesar. Right, right. Uh, so there, there are things that I owe Caesar. There are, thing, there are ways that I ought to honor the king. Um, so one way could be saying a pledge of allegiance. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, honoring the king doesn't mean, oh, now I don't honor God anymore. It's a subordinate honor, as you right. were saying. Right. So I can honor the king. I can honor my country. I can show that subordinate honor by taking a pledge, saying a pledge. Yeah. Uh, but would Jesus take that pledge? I, th- I thought of Jesus going to John the Baptist saying, hey, hey baptize me. Yeah. And John says, no, 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 yeah, I, I shouldn't be baptizing you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, um, permit it now to fulfill all righteousness. So my understanding of that, Jesus' rationale for why you should baptize me, John, uh, I understand that phrase, permit it to fulfill all righteousness, meaning uh, I need to do what every good Jewish man should do mm-hmm. now, and that is every Jewish man should be baptized. So as an example for what we should do, I'm going to do it, even though I, as the Son of God, don't really need to be baptized. Right, mm-hmm. so, right. But, but I, I do what a man in, in my nation is supposed to do. Yeah. So I'm thinking uh, if somebody said, Jesus, we're going to say the pledge of our nation, he'd say, all right, to fulfill all righteousness, to do what every good citizen of their nation ought to do, I'm going to, going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think um, other thing that pops in my mind, Stephen, you have to help me. I always forget. Paul circumcised, I believe, Timothy and did not circumcise Titus. And Titus, right. Uh, and so you've got him, uh, yeah, so you always think, man, Titus got the better end of that deal. <laughs> Timothy's like, hey, wait a minute. What about me? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute, Paul. How come Titus gets yeah. off so easy? Uh-huh. So Timothy's thinking, great, man, I, I, I drew the short lot here. But the... Um, the issue there is different. Obviously, yes, for it. Paul says, look, let's not make this issue a stumbling block in an evangelistic effort yes. when he's got Timothy with him on his missions journeys. Mm-hmm. In Titus, he is taking a stand against the Judaizers, against those that insist that circumcision does hold an, an, uh, an ultimate uh, sort of uh, priority in terms of how God sees us. Paul says, baloney. It does, it does nothing. Uh, so in the one sense with Timothy, Hey, let's get it out of the way. Let's not make it an issue. Uh, I see that not as an exact parallel to citizenship, but as, as applicable. Um, whereas when the issue becomes paramount, Paul says, no, we have to show ultimate allegiance to Jesus Christ. If I cave in to these that insist circumcision is necessary for salvation, then I'm altering the very nature of the gospel and what I have to pledge ultimate authority to. So I, I see there is an example where sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. So if somebody says, uh, you know, in high government office, that I want you to pledge allegiance to your country uh, above all things, uh, above even even your faith, you know, I can't picture that happening per se, but if it did, uh, in that context, I would say, well, if I do that, I'm demonstrating uh, that, Yes, I think my country's more important, and obviously we shouldn't do that. So Can't do that. Yeah. So you're probably going here, and I don't want to take us there prematurely, but I'm also wondering, so if, as we're thinking, Jesus would say the Pledge of Allegiance to his nation, would he say it in a worship service? Uh, yeah. What if they have it in the worship service? Yeah. And his nation's flag is up front. What would he think of that? Oh. What would he think of a pledge? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking he would not be as happy about that. Yeah. yeah. Be my take on it, but may, I guess we're going to get there. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and w- yeah, we will transition into that. My kind of before we get there, though, my thought is um, as a teacher, I remember there was a ton of emphasis on um, making sure students said the pledge. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? 
I mean, and, and you guys have both been teachers, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if you were in this situation, but it feels to me like there is a lot of emphasis on if, you know, the administrator comes in or somebody comes in and they see children, you know, not saying the pledge, you know, and they're just kind of standing there. There's a lot of emphasis to make sure they do it, quote unquote, properly, you know, yeah. make sure hmm. your hand is over your heart. Hmm. And to me, I mean, I take issue, first of all, with the posture of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I mean, in in our society, yeah, in our society, Steve was just putting his hand over his heart. I say, yeah, like people can see what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's a there is there are certain things that we do that I feel like if you're putting your hand over your heart, you're the idea is you're making a serious commitment here. It's almost mm-hmm. it's almost like the equivalent of you know what would be bowing down. I mean, you're you know you're it's taking this pledge a little, st- you know, one step further almost, I feel like in our culture today, um, and, and how we value that. Um, and so, you know, the, there was this emphasis on make sure they're in the right posture, make sure their, you know, hand is over their heart, they're standing up and they're saying the words. And, and the emphasis was on this aspect where I kind of felt like, could we like skip the pledge maybe, you know, for this two minute segment that we do every single morning mm-hmm. and talk to them about, you know, love and respect toward authority maybe, or, you know, their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, I, I, I'm really glad that uh, in our nation, this is not necessarily a biblically informed value, but I'm really glad we value freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would take... Uh, non-involvement in the Pledge of Allegiance on the part of a student as a form of freedom of speech. They're, they're free to say this thing. They're free to not say this thing. If I'm the administrator, I would not feel comfortable coercing a student to say the pledge, either because they're just daydreaming mm-hmm. or maybe they have an issue with what the police did to their family recently, and because of that, uh, they're not feeling good about the nation at the moment or whatever the reason is. I don't really want to coerce them into that. So mm-hmm. I'd be fine with organizing a classroom to say say the pledge. But mm-hmm. I like what you say, too. There's lots of other things we could say in that time sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, pretty much the same, Steve. The only thing I would add is is to go back to the earlier point. I think that the, the teacher's job in that situation might be, hey, uh, don't take your freedom as an opportunity to be disrespectful to people that do want to take mm-hmm. the pledge. So mm-hmm. I would say the, the appropriate posture is you can say it or not say it. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think that's the great thing about this country. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of flag burning. I know it upsets a lot of people. I think it's yeah. a strange thing, but I've actually heard very committed patriotic people, soldiers, etc., say, well, that's what makes this country great. We actually right. fight for the right to yes. people to desecrate their own flag. I fight yeah. for your right to do that. Which yeah. is, you know, uh, to me, so counterintuitive for the person burning it yeah. that they would show that level of disrespect. But the um, that is one of the great things about this country, and I think most people would would say yeah, it. Yeah. So I would say, but, you know, from a teacher perspective where, you know, we don't let uh, kids talk while the teacher's talking. Sure. Because, yeah, freedom of speech has constraints <laughs> right, and limits, right? right? Well, when another uh, student is up giving a class presentation, we don't let other kids boo and interrupt him as he goes because we're teaching some social restraint and the school has the right to do that, the mm-hmm. teacher, the principal, whomever. So I would say, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't. I would not want to coerce somebody to say the pledge. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I would say, can can you respect others that are doing yeah, it? Be silent. and be silent and yeah. let yeah. let them do same it. Same thing with class prayer. You know, we, we would. I would always open my class at mm-hmm. the school where I taught with prayer, and there were some students who did not want to pray. Yeah. All right. 
Right. I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. Right. But maybe at the most I'll talk to, and I did on one occasion, talk with one student afterward. Hey, you know, I notice you don't pray. Tell me about yourself. Tell mm-hmm. me about your faith. Where are you? What's going on? Uh, so it's an opportunity for me to get into their, their heart maybe, but I don't want to coerce people to pray. Yeah. 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 Um, so moving into um, taking this into the worship service, because even as a teacher, you know, I can justify the ability to teach a student, you know, and even taking, and, and there were days where I would take time and I would explain to them the privilege of living in America, the mm-hmm. tradition of the pledge and things like that. So, you know, even when I was quote unquote supposed to be saying the pledge with the students, I felt this was a good opportunity to teach them about why they're doing it. Um, and you know, you, I mean, they're, they're, they're kids, they're stupid, you know, usually for a couple of weeks it would, it would settle in there and, and, you know, but then, and after that it would just, they, you know, they would, ADD would take over and they would do their own thing and, you know, you'd have to bring them back and remind them and, you know, oh yeah, this is why we do it. You know, um, to me, sometimes the frequency is also a little, out of proportion, um, where, you know, I, I remember at one point, you know, I, we would say the pledge every single day of the week, but our Bible classes were two or three times (laughs) a week, you know, it's like, what's the emphasis of what we're trying to get across here? Um, but, but looking at a worship service, um, go ahead guys. I know you've got many thoughts on this, so I'm just going to let you roll with this for a little bit. We're in church, we're in a worship service and, and Jesus decides to come in the door and, You know, we are on this past week, the 5th of July, um, have dedicated our time to a patriotic worship service. Right. Um, Thoughts on on that? Well, I have a friend that was just at one Mm -hmm. um, and uh, was another church in the area. It was Steve's church. (laughs) Uh, I think it's the tradition of this church to do it the Sunday before the 4th. Uh, I know Steve. You had mentioned a church you know of that that uh, that does the same. Uh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that goes to your point, Steve. I think it's a just too much of a fusion of uh, God and country. I, I I think it communicates whether it. Some people intend to communicate it. Some people might unintentionally um, communicate this that. America is somehow front and central in God's agenda. Yeah, I think it really does that. Yeah, that it's uh, the, and, and some of the rhetoric that goes, you know, into that, you know, what this country was founded on and and what its purpose was almost is applicable to what we would say about national Israel mm-hmm. in the Old Testament mm-hmm. or the church mm-hmm. in the New. Yeah. Which uh there is a a theological I think perversion that does teach America is God's uh new vehicle to bless the world. I think that's incredibly myopic. I think that's incredibly uh, easy uh, to to show as problematic when you look at Scripture. Uh, I mean, Rome, uh, what the, Rome's uh, presence uh, as an empire is more than twice as long as the history of this nation, mm-hmm. um, and nobody thought there would be a nation more powerful than Rome, and it crumbled. Yeah. Um, Augustine wrote City of God mm-hmm. uh, as Rome was beginning to crumble basically to help Christians deal with what do we do? How do we understand? And I think he brilliantly saw if we tie our gospel hopes to this particular nation and fuse them together, we're, we're going to be disappointed, Hmm. you know, and sort of building on the Hebrews thought that the, the ancient saints were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Yeah. Love that. You know, which is, yes, so good. I mean, that they were strangers. They were pilgrims. uh, They were sojourners here. We've been seeing that a lot on Sundays at our church going Mm -hmm. through first Peter, um, that the idea of going to a service 
and uh, singing you know these songs, which a lot of them are great songs. God bless mm-hmm. America, obviously, is a very moving song, and uh, it, it it communicates to me that. This, this is where God's doing his business. And I can't help but think, what about a South Korean brother in Christ? Right. What about a Chinese brother in Christ? What about a Canadian brother in Christ? Yeah. Which I'm told there are one or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what, 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 I would think if they're visiting with me, if they're in town for the weekend, uh, and they happen to come with me to that church, it just seems strange to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, why aren't we singing about Jesus? Why aren't we singing about the cross? Why aren't we singing about the great work of redemption? Uh, which is where our ultimate allegiance lies. But those are my thoughts. Yeah, I've got some friends who uh, spent years in England. Yeah. Um, she was a missionary child, and her parents were missionaries. They were in England. Um, and, and then more recently, she lives in the U.S. She married a U.S. guy. They have kids, so they live around here. And uh, they were visiting a church in Bel Air that, that they were really liking until a couple years ago. They showed up there on July 4 weekend, mm-hmm. and there was this patriotic service. Yeah. And as a British young lady right it just it's sickender i bet yeah. that was their last day there wow and i think understandably so sure so i i'm no friend to all that now i want to back up and say and i'm sure you guys feel just the same i am so thankful for our nation right sure. mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing you don't like it here try somewhere else for right. a while right. oh man i've spent extended periods of time in uh, italy which is a great place that's a nice nation it is so good to get back to the usa yeah that's a beatles song isn't it no that's USA uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going the other way yeah. <laughs> so uh I, i'm really thankful about so many things uh, and um you know, if it came to war and they needed a 60-year-old guy to carry a gun, I would. All right, yeah. I'll be there. I'll die for my nation. I'll send my sons off to war. I don't yeah. really want to, but right. I would, you know. So uh, I, I'm, I'm patriotic. I love our nation. However, I, I've always been uh, very impressed by the fact that Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, the USA is not my kingdom. And Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven from which we await a savior. Well, of course, I'm an American citizen, but really, my citizenship is in heaven. Yeah, that's yeah. where my real allegiance lies. So, uh, I'm absolutely opposed to even the idea of. Oh, I hope I don't get in big trouble now. Uh, to having an American flag in yeah. a worship space, right? Yeah, right. I just think it's too easy to start confusing USA with the Kingdom of God when you start doing that stuff. Me too. Me too. And we don't want to make that confusion. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, when we're in, when we're having worship services, let's do kingdom stuff. Let's do gospel stuff. Let's open scriptures. But there's nothing in scripture about America, right? Yeah. Right. Now, now Greg's going to sing "God Bless America." Yes. <laughs> right? uh, no. Um, yeah, that would be scary. Uh, you guys heard my, you know, preview of that, and it uh, it leaves a few things to be desired. We're, we're not even putting that in yeah. the uh, season one blooper <laughs> reels. <laughs> it's too bad for the blooper reel. And, yeah, and I. Yeah, you've have you ever been to a patriotic service? I have. I, I have. have. Yeah. yeah, and you know, as American, and I love America, and all as I am, it's sickened me. Yeah, I just thought it was totally inappropriate. Yeah, I, I can tell you, Steve. Uh, looking back, I I don't think I even thought of this till just this now. Two thousand one, September eleventh. I was uh, thirty, well, almost thirty one, just a few days shy at that point. Younger pastor than I am now, and um, I was uh, riveted by those events. I think my sermon that week that I preached, I, do you remember, did you change gears, Steve, like 90% of pastors? And, I think I did. Yeah, and, yeah. and address something. Yeah. You know, I, I did Psalm 2, uh, that God is in control. I, looking back, I feel pretty good about that. I, I can't remember everything that I said. 
But I asked the uh, worship team when I went in there that day to do God Bless America as the closing song. I would not do that now. Uh-huh. I wouldn't uh-huh. do that now. Did now, you get any kickback on doing that? Uh, if anything, I got nothing but positive <laughs> yeah, feedback. Yeah, we loved it. Which, uh-huh. yeah, people were coming up. Greg, that was the most moving thing. Thank you so much for Best doing that. I, ever. I don't recall anybody having an objection to it. And that may, I, I believe, well, I would say two things. Number one, I am more theologically precise now on this issue than I was then. I think the instincts were there. I do remember Saturday night, the night before, talking about it with my wife, Lisa, and um, you know, we, we were looking at the, well, I knew, no, I don't want to do the national anthem. That doesn't seem right. God bless America. I sort of tied it in. We're asking God to comfort, mm-hmm. to bless, and, and that sort of thing. So I'm not saying I, I went apostate. <laughs> I introduced something heretical. I wouldn't do it now. And now I might even say to the congregation, you know, I was tempted to mm-hmm. God bless, but I'd mm-hmm. rather sing something like a mighty fortress is our God. Yeah. Yeah. So that wherever you're living, because it's not just America that was under attack. It, it you know, several nations are. Yeah. And, and prior to that in England, there have been terrible things later on Spain. And uh, you know, what, what do we as Christians look to? In times like this, not our national heritage, but our unshakable confidence in yeah, God, yeah. who's the God of all the there nations. Yeah. That, that's how I think I would approach it now. So um, uh, some people might be upset hearing that, that I, I regret doing God Bless America. Because I actually remember Kathy Shive, uh, who's Dave Shive's wife, mm-hmm. she balked at that. She was the, she was the pianist in, 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 <laughs> in that group, and she was a. I think she thought I was joking at first. And I was so, well, you know, why would she kind of balk at that? And they, we did it. Uh, as I said, though, I don't remember any pushback from anybody. Today, if I'm in a church and that happens, uh, and I'm just a member of the church, I would probably go to that pastor later and say, hey, could I talk to you about that? Yeah. These yeah. are some of my concerns. Um, you know, so again, I think a president's role in a national crisis, a senator's role, a politician's role is a little different than the average ordinary lay Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I understand why. President Bush at that time was speaking from a platform about America's heritage, etc. I would understand anybody mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, the Christian, I think, has a different perspective, mm-hmm. needs to have a different perspective. Uh, I, I mean, the lay Christian. I'm not saying a right. president can't be a Christian. So those are my thoughts. And, you know, there, there are a number of key New Testament passages that guide us in our thoughts about government, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those are in Peter. Yep. Um, some of those are in, in Paul, several of Paul's epistles. They stop very far short, in my opinion. They stop very far short of uh, trying to instill great patriotism in those people right. in their nations in that time. Yeah, some of them were in Greece. It doesn't say you need to love Greece. You need to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's just none of that. Yeah. Rather, it's the focus is on don't be an insurrectionist. Right, right. Pray for your leaders. Yeah. Live, live a quiet life. Be peaceable. Don't be the political activist because then that gets confused with the gospel, and we don't want people confusing that with the gospel. Just be gospel people. Live gospel lives. Uh, pray for your nation. Be quiet, and so on. There's nothing, nothing, nothing about you know your nation's the greatest. Yeah, and, you know, all that stuff. Oh, sure, sure. I had mentioned this uh, several podcasts back, so hopefully nobody remembers because it wasn't that much. <laughs> but uh, our mutual friend Mark Sweeney here, one of our pastors, had said at a church he was at prior person was just sort of sharing their burden for what's happening in our country. And he said, you know, I'm just really concerned. And he said, he, he pointed out some things. He says, just the, you know, abortion, uh, the rise of homosexuality and its approval and the way young people are seeing no problem with it. He said, Obamacare. 
uh, he threw that in the mix. Mark said, you know, I could talk to you about um, abortion, no doubt, homosexuality and what God's word says about it. And he said, Obamacare, uh, uh, my suggestion, I wouldn't put that on the same plane as those things. And the guy was really surprised. He, he viewed those as part and parcel of the downfall of our nation. And, and Mark said, two are issues the Bible addresses. One is a political philosophy about public health insurance. Very good. You know, yeah. And, and it's, that, it really helps center it. Not that you can't have opinions on that. Yes. But to elevate those to some sort of biblical conviction category, I think gets us in big trouble. Yeah. yeah. And Just it a, does confuse the gospel. Another example of how a lot of Christians are really confusing America with the kingdom and America's yeah. fortunes with kingdom fortunes and so yeah. on. We've really got to stop doing that. And maybe that's a silver lining to the Scottish decision. Maybe it helps more Christians realize or reevaluate, is America really the kingdom? Because if so, it's you know, there's some mess <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. All right, maybe America doesn't get my ultimate allegiance. Maybe I have been confusing these. Might be a little silver lining there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, I was exposed to this in um, a conference I went to in the early nineties. I, so I was in my early twenties, been a Christian a few years at that point. There was a conference, uh, a little uh, you know. There's creation, which is sort of the mm-hmm. big outdoor Christian rock fest. Back then, there was a a amateur version of that called Fishnet, which was in uh, Front Royal, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the speakers, I'm a young dude at this point. The speakers were uh, many. One was Tony Campolo. Yeah, I knew he was going to be there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the next, uh, the, the guy that closed that was Oliver North. Huh. And I didn't realize at the time fully that Campolo was taking some shots at Oliver yeah, North. Oliver North yeah. And uh, we mentioned uh, Campolo, I think, on the last podcast, didn't we? And did. I, there, there's a lot about Campolo I do not agree with, obviously. Yeah. But I remember I got a great line from him that I've used since then is he says sometimes at these conferences there's too much flag-waving mm-hmm. and not enough cross-holding. Hmm. And I remember him saying I'm now, that. yeah, and he said, so when you are a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, you swear ultimate allegiance to Jesus Christ. You do not lie. You, you do not fabricate evidence because you're being a patriot. And I didn't realize that I was too young that looking back, oh, I see what he was doing. He was uh, probably taking some shots at the keynote speaker <laughs> the next day. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, that stuff. And I will say my wife is a Liberty graduate. And uh, Lisa, if she were here today, would have some really neat thoughts on the oh man uh, her days. Now, I don't know how Liberty is now. This Probably was, changed. Yeah, 90 yeah. to 94. And she remembers a lot of that fusion, uh, particularly if you went to Thomas Road Baptist, which was yeah. Falwell's church at that point. Uh-huh. America, uh, the, the, the cause of the gospel and the success of America were sort of tied together. Yeah. Um, obviously, are there great blessings that come to a nation when the gospel takes root? Of course. Yeah. But not just our nation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at England before us and right. so many other places where the implications of the gospel have a really uh, strong salt and light influence in the culture. I'm, I'm down with that. But when you start acting like, yeah, this is God's country, yeah. uh, we're unique. And what makes us unique is the gospel. I start getting uncomfortable. Maybe it would help us all, all Christians, all believers, all the people in our churches, if we viewed ourselves as missionaries to this nation. Mm-hmm. So, so imagine, for example, we actually uh, uprooted you and sent you over to uh, Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. or somewhere. Uh, would you become really patriotic about that land? 
Mm-hmm. Probably not. You'd say, well, this isn't really my country. My country's back there in the USA. Yeah. I've just been sent over here. So I'm doing the gospel thing while I'm here, and I don't care about their politics, and I don't even know about their politics, and I don't take sides in their politics because I don't care. Uh, my, my citizenship is elsewhere. You know what? We're sent to America. That's a and great our citizenship example. is elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm an American. I do care about things. I have political opinions, but they're not the big thing for me at all. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing for me is how's the kingdom going? How's the gospel going? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say we've, we've referenced uh, Jeremiah 29 a lot, but the idea of seeking the peace of that city. Yeah. I mean, God while said to, to do that in Babylon while you're there. Yeah. No, yeah. this isn't going to be your permanent home. Seek the city's good. Seek the city's peace. So if you're in, and I think, Steve, geographical points for me, I think it's now the Czech Republic. Yeah. You know, when I said that, <laughs> I thought, right uh, that? what's the name of this place? <laughs> Steve. Uh, new names over there. Uh, yeah, that, that's where I could be the really haughty word. I believe it's the Czech Republic. Yeah. Right. yeah. And um, yeah, I, I thought you were going to talk about the Belgian Congo. I, I should have just said China, because yeah. now I know that's still <laughs> the name of that place. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure in my parents' basement, there is a risk game uh-huh. that lists the Belgian Congo, which is no longer a thing in Africa. But, man, I love that name, whatever that means. Um, huh. And because of that, I had an ADHD moment and forgot my point. <laughs> but yeah, the, the idea of, of yeah. seeking to bless the place where you are yeah. Yeah. Uh, is very helpful. And I love that point, Steve. The uh, if you Yeah, you're right. If we were here, you went to the Czech or you went to France, you would be concerned about the welfare of that place, the people that are there, uh, the implications of the gospel. But yeah, you'd be less vested in what's happening on the political sphere. I think that would be... Yeah. That would be helpful. And, and what are we? You, you said from First Peter, we're, we're pilgrims. Yeah, we're yeah. strangers here. This is not our land. We're just wandering through. Yeah, yeah. So here's a thought. Uh, I'll just throw it out. Anybody listening that was in a church that had a patriotic service, I'm not saying they leave that. Should they bring it up? Should they discuss it? What are your thoughts on that, Steve? <laughs> With their pastors or elders? Or? Well, if, if I was in a church that had a patriotic service, yeah, I would have to discuss it. I, honestly, I would be tempted to find another place. Yeah. But I don't want to be a church hopper because that's really American too, isn't it? Sure. I keep looking over on your shelf <laughs> over there and there's Michael Horton's Made in America. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all the stuff we're talking about is Made in America. <laughs> that's man. right, that's right. American patriotism, American kingdom uh, confusion with the yeah. nation and so on. Uh, but, and, and so is church hopping. Yeah, you know, instead of just being committed to my church and working with issues, so I don't want to be—I don't want to encourage church hopping and church shopping and consumerism. But I would be so turned off by right now. I'm sticking my finger on my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be yeah. so turned off by a patriotic service. It would really be challenging yeah. for me. So I would have to go talk to some people in authority in that church and try to, uh, you know, sweetly express my concern and the reasons why and see how it goes, realizing that I'm probably not going to change them on that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Which I will admit I'm, I'm having an increasingly harder time dealing with it because I, I will just share it. We, we have some folks here at our church, at probably every church that I've ever been a part of, that do have strong passion for American patriotism uh, sort of being synced with their faith. And I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I'm struggling in dealing with that. And what I have yeah. to remember is, wait, I was there at yeah. one point. I guess this might sound haughty to some. That I helps. think I've grown spiritually right. so that I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I realize that's sort of a throwing the gauntlet down claim. You know, uh, I wouldn't say that about other things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you shifted a uh, a millennial position. I, I don't always necessarily say, oh, that's a sign that you're growing spiritually mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, 
for me, I can say I can only speak of my experience. It is it's growth for me. Yeah, uh, I, I look at myself now as opposed to where I was even back on nine eleven as truly more gospel centered. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm sure I hope ten years from now if I'm still alive that I'll look back at this time and say, man, I had a lot of these impulses uh, that that still needed to be ferreted mm-hmm. out because we're all growing. But I I struggle with it because if I'm talking to a pastor about this, I want to say, how do you? It's right here. Where do you get American patriotism? Uh-huh. By looking at the New Testament. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just sharing my struggle. I, I, I'm growing more and more impatient with it when I talk to people about it. Because I think it, it shouldn't take this much. But I'll tell you, once the impulse sets in, it's the equivalent of tradition. Yeah. It's sort of every so often if uh, you talk to an older person and you're singing a hymn that has now been put to a new melody, I have found sometimes you just can't have a rational conversation. It's, it's the same hymn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the tune is different. Was the tune inspired by the Holy Spirit? Is it on par with the infallible scripture in your hands? Uh, no, but it, as soon as that sets in, and there's now nostalgia, there's uh, a legacy, there's memories that are sweet, sort of like the smell of uh, chocolate chip cookies in grandma's kitchen, yeah. and you're telling somebody to walk away from that, it's very difficult. But I like to think that's what we're called to do. Say, man, I like this, but I'm going to walk away from it. Yeah. Um, we have a few more minutes here, um, and this is um, this is kind of a, a surprise for you guys, uh, because Uh-oh. I was just, as, as we were talking and I was um, thinking about this, and, and I have a good idea what you're going to say, but um, our patriotic reaction to um, to soldiers. Um, sometimes it feels to me that it's it, it, it's almost become hero worship. Um, and and don't get me wrong, um, you know I, I feel like I say these things and people automatically assume, oh you you know you don't care about the country, you don't care about these people who are laying down their lives. No, I do. Uh, you know, I, I have a great respect. I have family members who are in the military, who served in the military, um, and I have great respect for those people. But sometimes it feels like they're elevated to this status of godlike <laughs> character mm-hmm. and, and quality. And can, can I just, you know, say this, that we pay these people to do a job. Um, and I don't mean that crassly. I don't mean that callously, but... We live in a society today where you sign a piece of paper and you contract yourself to do this job for your country. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, it's not that I don't respect it. It's not that I don't appreciate it. Somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do appreciate the sacrifice that they are making to do that. Many times they're away from their families for um, mm-hmm. for years on ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that puts tremendous strain. I think the military has one of the highest divorce records um, in the nation mm. because of that. Um, there's a lot of infidelity that goes on. And, and so I realize that there is a huge sacrifice to be in there. I realize that as a Christian, mm-hmm. you're making huge sacrifices in um, you know what is even historically considered an immoral occupation. Um, I don't think there's any nation at any time that doesn't view its soldiers as being immoral. But your guys' thoughts on this idea of putting uh, putting soldiers up on this godlike pedestal. Mm-hmm. Have you guys witnessed that? Have you noticed that at all? Or is it just me? 
Well, I, one thing, Nathan, I'll disqualify because um, I want to make sure I heard you right. Viewing soldiers as immoral, is that what you were saying? No, no, no. no. I mean, as these, like, almost like, well, we're willing to overlook their faults oh, because oh, we don't want to say see. anything negative a- anything about negative. them. And, and we just, we hold them in such high regard that sure. if we if we push back against them at all in any way, shape, or form, then, I mean, and I realize that in our own country and history, we had a period of time, particularly in the 60s and 70s, where, you know, there was a lot of pushback. Sure, but sure. it's almost come to the point now where it's like, we're so ashamed of that and so afraid of doing that, that if we if we say anything negative today, then... Oh no 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 no! You're 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 not a patriot. Sure. You're not a true citizen. You you totally you don't get it. Yeah um, yeah. Well, obviously, it can become a real real trump card. I I see what you're saying. I think we have to be very cautious. This happens with the race discussions too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Roscoe, who I've mentioned several times uh, for listeners. He was uh, a spiritual father to me. I was a black man born in the deep south. Uh, he passed away suddenly in 2012 um, and probably had the most shaping influence of my discipleship more than any person I've ever met. And uh, he shared with me one time that there is he, – he even found in Christian communities, particularly white churches, a sense where, oh, wow, the, there's a black person that came in. And almost as if he was treated like better, you know, Uh wow, this is a black person in my white church. And I don't know if that's some white guilt we're getting in touch with. I I see Christians doing this with missionaries, Mm -hmm. which a a missionary friend of mine uh, scolded me very politely years ago for introducing missionaries almost like they were superheroes, Mm -hmm. uh, which can happen. Oh, these missionaries, they're just special people. So in that vein, yeah, we can do that with soldiers, too. Where um, when you look at, uh, yeah, I would say just like anything, cops, soldiers, mm-hmm. the the majority of our soldiers are probably excellent um, citizens, excellent people. But just like with any occupation, there's some bad apples. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at, at uh, abuse that might happen at Gitmo or other places, you know that uh, what what's the place where that happened in uh, uh, during the uh, uh, Iraqi conflict. What was that called? Remember, there were photos that were released of American soldiers that were humiliating yeah, the captives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's going to drive me nuts. Uh, listeners, let us know. Um, yeah, we, we have to be careful because can we investigate abuses? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we simply say, well, they're soldiers, they should be left alone. Well, it's crazy. You know, I mean, nobody is above the law. Nobody is above scrutiny. Um so I think maybe, Nathan, from that standpoint, yes, I think we have to be very cautious that we don't one-dimensionalize people as, well, they're just the good guys, mm-hmm. and therefore, that's it. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't want to do that with any group, you know, uh, racial group, pastors, missionaries, soldiers. Um, I mean, I have great respect for soldiers from the standpoint of, um, I, I think for me, when my respect rises is when I watch Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, watch a band of brothers and, and they show these scenes of these guys. I mean, the guys coming off the beaches at Normandy, yeah. literally walking into just a wall of bullets mm-hmm. uh, where basically, as I understand it, the first lines were virtually decimated. Yeah. Um, you think, wow, a lot of these 17, 18 year old kids mm-hmm. that were doing this and walked into death. I mean, how, how can you not respect that? That's incredible. Um, but. You know, I, I think 
they're fallible people, just like we are. And I don't think they just get a trump card because they are soldiers. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Yeah, no, and 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 that is you know that is um, definitely part of it. But I think too, like like you're you're talking about that idea of Normandy, and and back then in our nation's history, these are people who who didn't volunteer, who didn't right. sign up. Right. You know, these are people who it, it was. Ex- of them to go out and do their duty for their country. Right. Um, and I think sometimes today we almost take that same approach. Um, and again, it's not that I don't think these that our soldiers are deserving of respect mm-hmm. and, and that I don't appreciate what they do. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that we are paying them to do a job. Uh-huh. And and there's almost like this this elevation of a status in there. Like, um, again, I, I think I think this is probably going to really annoy a lot of people. Um, the way I'm saying this, Nathan Bell is saying this. this. That's right, I'm saying this. Um, <laughs> you guys are in the clear. Um, but Steve there's just left the room. There's <laughs> there's this elevation that we've taken it from. These people were true servants and volunteers doing this. Um, and and there's this idea today that it's almost like it's still that way. Um, and so we have to treat them with kid gloves in all manner, in all respect. And it's like, well, we're training them and preparing them and paying them to do a job. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's the difference between like a volunteer service and these people are doing a job. Um, and again, I don't diminish that, but I think sometimes we, we almost look at it like they're just, they are giving of their, their, time and resources right you know voluntarily right um and so it's almost like taking a volunteer status um and and giving these people a volunteer status because you do treat people who have a volunteer status different than you treat a paid employee right because that makes sense yeah they could be at the beach right they could be smoking a cigar somewhere and instead they're giving other time to serve right uh yeah i I hear what you're saying there and i mean to me to me maybe the qualitative difference is the the risk factor sure. like you know they're choosing but to me that's proven in the field of battle right you know, when when you think of the um the charge of desertion yeah. like in the red badge of courage or something like that that's where you start thinking okay it, I, I, what amazes me are you think of those cops that uh, and uh, by the way i should say police officers somebody told me recently that cops is considered a disrespectful term hmm. i don't mean it that way i just i've heard cops refer to themselves right. as cops so yeah. caveat out there um but the um, officers who ran up into the twin towers mm-hmm. you know i mean that's yeah. just unbelievable these guys are making dirt money yeah so to me they prove the value of their pledge yeah um and and I respect that because I would I be willing to do that probably not. Sure. So to me, I, I know what you're saying that we are paying them. Right. Um, the ones, and I, I'm assuming this is the overwhelming majority that are willing to, to to make the ultimate sacrifice if their job calls for it. Wow. Yeah. That's where my level of respect. Right. Is. Yeah. I think uh, the risk factor is a key thing here, as well yeah. as um, the sacrifice factor. Often they're taking those risks. While making great sacrifice, that is, the pay may not be so great. Mm-hmm. You're away from family a lot, yeah. like you said. And, and because of those things, uh, we give them a lot of respect. This is Harford County. Our county's biggest employer is Aberdeen Proving Grounds. Sure. Mm-hmm. We're a military county. Yeah. I don't know about your church. We have a bunch of military people. We have a bunch of police officers in our church. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't get any of this aura of they're untouchable mm-hmm. or um, you know they're special people. But, uh, but I feel great respect 
for them because of the sacrifices that that they do have to make and uh, the cost of it to them sometimes. Um, so I like you know often you go to Starbucks and while you're sitting there enjoying your coffee and talking with a friend, uh, six or eight different military people come mm-hmm. in and out and get their coffee. Sure, you know, I like saying to them, "Thank you for your service." Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, they are serving. Sure, uh, I think beyond what they're paid for, beyond what a lot of us might serve for. So I think they're deserving of respect in that regard. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I'm in the same place. Now, I will say I do have a friend that's a lifelong Air Force guy that told me, and this is from him, that um, and this guy's extremely patriotic, uh, would, I think, put his, his life on the line for anybody, um, that there were some guys that are career guys. This is his assessment, not mine, that were – it was just a job yeah. that he says, I would never trust these guys to have my yeah. back on the battlefield. They got into something. Um, now, I asked him, uh, I, I wish I'd mentioned this earlier because there's so much that could come out of this. But I asked him, this is two or three years ago. I said, is that the majority of guys? He goes, no, but you can always spot them. This was his take. Because huh. you can always spot the squatters. Yeah. In any that, field. In any field, yeah, yeah that are just yeah. there. Uh, and his sense is when, when their metal is tested, that you're going to see them fold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for me, you know, those soldiers that are willing to me, what's, what's most amazed me is the secret service guys who talk about ultimate allegiance to an office. doesn't matter who's president, mm-hmm. whether oh, it's a guy yeah. they voted for or not, that are, like him or not, that are willing to take a bullet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that just blows my yeah. mind, now, but yeah, there, there, there's always guys that will exploit it. My response to this whole question that's sure. on the floor now is a little bit tweaked by, my uh, dare I say this? My, my love for guns, uh, yeah, military, yes. sure, and, and that sort of thing. So I t- I gravitate toward guys who are police, mm-hmm. military. Uh-huh. Like when I'm at the gym, I got several police buddies at the gym. I love hanging out with them. We talk about police stuff, what's going on. And I know there are bad police. Sure, mm-hmm. they make a bad name for police, and there are lots of good police. Uh, but but I kind of like that stuff, mm-hmm. so I tend to give them a little extra respect anyway. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind being one of them, maybe. Sure. I say that out of complete ignorance. I have no idea what <laughs> right. really be like. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, Steve, I see on Facebook you teach. See, we'll give you a free promo here. Oh, I hey, can uh, add, right Yeah, here, huh? because you, you teach uh, handgun lessons? Yes. Yeah, I see that. Now, what is that? Is Are you certified by? Yeah, I'm certified by the Maryland State Police as a handgun instructor. No way, nice. dude. There are classes you need if you want to get the card that you've got to have. It's called an HQL, a handgun qualifying license. You have to take a class to get that card to be able to rent or buy a gun in Maryland. Also, if you want to get a carry permit, there are classes you have to take, 16 hours of them. I teach those classes. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm here. You want to go, Patriot? You want to go, America? I'm National Rifle Association certified. Wow. <laughs> and I'm uh, Maryland State Police certified. Well, nice. So contact me. We'll get you in the class. Dude, for. Any section of the audience we may have lost in recent weeks, we just got them back, right? <laughs> we just got them back. Hey, I should mention, they don't even know we're doing, I don't even know these guys, but we're in the uh, Reformed Pub Network, uh, which has other uh, podcasts. Calvin is Batman. You'll be hearing about him pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, other Reformed Pub guys, Popcorn Theology. Uh, there is uh, one, remember we were just talking about, called Reformed and Reloaded. Which hmm. is uh, sort of a Christian podcast, reform podcast, and I saw on their site they give uh, a lot of attention to the firearms culture in the United States. Do they really? So hey, I should check them out. Huh? Reformed yeah. and reloaded. Steve Hartman uh-huh. would be a great guest. <laughs> That's right. He would be a great guest. So we'll 
Sounds like fun. We'll uh, whatever tag them, tweet them, let sure. them know that that they, you guys were mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to mention us too. Just as long as you're giving me time for an ad, I'll just mention the name of my little company. Yeah, my side business is Armed Up. Armed Up, Armed nice. Armedup.net. Check us out, dude. I would. Lo- I I I went out and I shot years ago with a friend of mine in Aberdeen. And uh, forgive me, is it okay? Colt forty five is a beer, so. <laughs> This was a forty-five Colt, am I right? Forty-five caliber gun. Forty-five caliber, yeah, right, but uh-huh. man, it, the power in that thing was oh, yeah. tremendous. Yeah. Kablam, huh? Yes, of yeah. course. I go back to the early '80s commercials. Billy D. Williams, you know, walking into a bar somewhere with like five ladies around him, and they'd hand him that, and he goes, "Colt forty-five <laughs> works every time." Uh, I'm not sure what that had to do with anything we've discussed, yeah. uh-huh. but I got to say, Billy D. Williams. That's right. Good. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead. Um, time's winding down on us. Um, you know, I just want to reiterate, um, first and foremost, um, you know, that, you know, all three of us, um, I believe, uh, love this country. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and there is, um, I, you know, I, I've traveled around the world. Steve, I know you've traveled around the world. Greg, you've traveled to Canada, right? I, <laughs> I, I've been to Niagara Falls and... <laughs> And Glen Burnie, Maryland. And Glen oh, Burnie, Maryland. That's around the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, having been around the world, and, and Steve, you said earlier, you know, when you travel outside of the United States and you come home, there's just, there's that feeling that I'm, I'm home and, and you, you resonate with the place that you've grown up and that you're familiar with and you know, but at the same time, I hope that all three of us too would be willing to say that if God were to call us tomorrow to another nation, that we would have no problem joining in with that nation in order to preach the gospel and see people come to Christ. With Amen. Amen. Um, and so I think, I think that's the most important thing that we want people to understand from this podcast is that, yes, we, we live in a country where we are um, free and, and on both sides of the spectrum, you are free to stand up, to pledge. You are free to, um, to honor and respect this country as much as you want. You're also free not to. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those people who value freedom, you know, remember that you that that those people who don't are free to do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't say yes. that you want freedom and then deny people their freedoms. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, um, you know, but but the most important thing is no matter what you're doing um, for the sake of the gospel, becoming all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, guys, any last? thoughts or or comments i think you said it well dude good stuff all right well we're gonna go ahead and sign off and uh gentlemen we just rocked the casbah rocked